0: Okay, so I want to just get started since we're a small group. It might be really nice just to have a brief introduction of who we all are and what we teach or what we do in school. So I'm really thrilled on this day off from school that we have yeah. two students who are willing to come in and join us this morning. So we have Laura Petropoli. Petropoli I say it one more time. Petropoli. Petropoli. Um, and Claudia Lockwood, who are. Um, um, she's a junior and a senior, so thank you very much for thank having you. me here. <laughs> um, I'm Amy Sanders, I teach um, social studies here, I teach two U.S. history sections, and then I teach a class on the Middle East and a class on Asian studies, and I've been very fortunate to have both of these fine young ladies in both of those classes, Middle East in the fall semester and now Asian studies in the spring semester, mm-hmm. and they're going to share some of their experiences with these global collaborative projects that we've been doing
1: this year. So. Um, I'm Amanda Lane. I teach 7th grade social Studies in Language Arts. Um,
0: did you ask me to say That's okay for now. I'm going to ask you in just a minute. But go ahead. Please. I'm uh, Charlotte Miguel. I teach um, half-time, GT, Language Arts, and other things down in middle school. I'm Karen Walsh, and I teach English I'm Mary
2: Gale. I teach Spanish, and I'm also a parent in the town, so... My son has had you. My son and daughter, daughter
3: maybe, no son. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, everybody. Yes, Karen has had my
0: kids, and I teach climbing. Very cool. so. I'm Wes Fryer. I'm a instructional coach at Oklahoma mm-hmm. Great. So today I wanted to um, just highlight a couple of projects that we have engaged in. Um, some have been quite successful. Some have then had a few challenges, but we want to just talk about some of those things,
3: if
2: my computer cooperates.
0: I'm thinking about global collaboration. Um, I want to just talk about, um, in a moment, why should we collaborate, why should we be thinking about global collaboration, um, and then to share a couple of projects that we have done this year. One was an Arab Spring project, studying the Arab Spring, doing research. Um, That was a project that we developed um, here, and I'll be talking more about that. Um, The next one is um, a project that we are doing through an organization called IREX. It's a global collaborative exchange where someone else has set up the project, and we are participating We've been collaborating with students in the Philippines, um, and then give us some time to just look at what are some other global collaboration tools, so that give you, in the theme of today, a chance to, to play a little bit, um, and so we'll take a look at that as well. So last um, spring, right about now, I was getting ready to go to Egypt. I had was very fortunate to... Um, have a chance to go to Cairo um, over April vacation last year as part of a Harvard program called the Egypt Forum that takes um, K-12 teachers that are interested in learning more about the Middle East. We had a number of workshop sessions in Cambridge, and then all of us went to um, Cairo over April vacation. And, of course, it was a very interesting time to be there just a few weeks after President Mubarak had resigned. Um, And while we were there, we had an opportunity to visit an Egyptian school Um, And I just want to play for you a short clip of um, the students that we met in Cairo. Um, And I took a very brief video of my students here. We've been learning about the Arab Spring, asking questions of students in um, Egypt, and then the students were like literally pulling on my sleeve saying, would you please videotape us? Um, and share it with your students when you get back home. So it's about a three-minute video, but I just want to play for you um, this great response from the Egyptian students, and this will sort of help us to understand why I wanted to do this collaborative research project. I have no idea how well this is going.
4: To be. Great, ten, and then I want to ask about the impression that you had about our revolution in Egypt here, and would like to know uh, what is your interest, what you like, stuff like that. Great
3: Britain, and I want to ask what's
4: your interest. in How did you spend your weekend? I want to know you, you're, uh, how you changed your mind after the revolution. I am in Great Britain. So I want to ask you what about your feeling if the internet was shut down in New York City. Great Britain, um, I actually did take part in the revolution, uh, in the protest. Uh, I was kind of pro Mubarak, uh, pro uh, Stabilis, uh, as they told us. Um, I thought that Mubarak should have stepped down that time. Six uh, months' time is not a bit of time to wait until he just slipped naturally and then we have uh, new elections, a new president. Um, but uh, I just want, uh, wanted to tell you that uh, on the 28th of January I was in Cairo and it was really horrible. Um, we, there were gu- sh- guns shot everywhere. We were in the car and then we didn't know where to go. We we'll just uh, we're we'll walking the road and then uh, someone stops us and then the, the road is closed too. Get back um, and then we we passed in front of a president. and then it was open and the prisoners were coming out and shooting guns everywhere, it was really horrible uh, on that day. Uh, we we kept going for two hours until we find a solution to go and then to get back to the town. Uh, 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 it was a for and uh, I am so glad to listen to your opinions about the the revolution, uh, and I know and I wanted to know your opinion about uh, the people who were killed in the in the Tahrir by police. To say that they are protecting them, but it was wrong. Okay, thanks. Still feeling that uh, Egyptians are
3: promoted. Uh, I want to know if you uh, have any relations, or are you
0: interested in uh, politics? Okay. And if yes, what what's uh, something mm-hmm. that you want to change
4: in politics? Mm-hmm. I want to ask if do you think uh, that you can do uh, a revolution like the Egyptian people have done? I
1: wanted to ask you guys if you, what do you guys think about the revolution in Egypt and how do you look at our perspective of that? I don't know the
4: revolution and the of peaceful people were not damaging in the streets or something, we just want to have a new start.
1: I want to know if uh, when the protests were going on, did you think that we were uh, we will succeed to make Mubarak leave, or we're just going to be disappointed again that he won't leave?
3: <laughs>
0: so, um, I wanted to bring their enthusiasm, their interest in connecting with our students um, as when I came home. And there were several teachers on that trip that all wanted to collaborate with those students. So we were trying to think about how is it that we could um, engage with them and not be overwhelming to them so that they would have six classroom partners to respond to. And they've got, they're on a, they, their English is quite good. And they're on a, a Cambridge um, University program. So they're, they have a really tight curriculum. They don't have a lot of time. So, so what I came back it's thinking about um, how could we collaborate both with schools in the United States and with our Egyptian peers. Um, and so, luckily, Kathy Lewinsky also was working on something called a flat classroom project, which is a collaborative project. And she asked me if I would be interested in working with her. And so. Um, I said, yes, and so that's how we began to think about this. We began to think about what the tools would be since we were going to create the project. And it actually, that part was harder than I thought. I thought, you know, we have all these tools with technology that we should this should be easy. And it actually was a little bit more challenging than I thought it would be. Um, but we decided the platform um, would be, um, we used a wiki as kind of the organizing tool. Um, and so this is our Arab Spring Wiki. Um, Wes was great. He came to our rescue right as we were about ready to launch this um, this fall and did his magic with his iPad and interviewed me. I think they're going to pop up here in just a second. Um, interviewed me about kind of the project. So there are a series of videos for people that were interested. I had no idea this was going to happen. I'm not even sure I combed my hair that day. um, (laughs) Anyway, so we just kind of thought through, what do we need to think about in terms of a timeline? Um, What do kids need to know to get started? What are we going to think about in terms of helping them to think about digital citizenship? Um, How to respond appropriately to one another? We had ended up having a couple of teachers that were on the Egypt trip with me. We had other teachers that heard about the project that wanted to be engaged. At one point, we had more than 250 kids in several states involved. It gradually sort of windowed down a little bit, but it was a really big project, and I have to say I really didn't know quite what I was getting into, but I'm so glad we did it for a number of reasons. But what we ended up doing was um, dividing the kids into six teams, Um, You see the countries here at left that were all um, undergoing transformative protest movements in the Arab world. So the kids were, my classroom was divided. The kids chose which country they wanted to study. And then within that, they could do any research on any aspect, but they tried to focus in on um, one of the following topics. Were they interested in why people were protesting? Were they interested in how the government responded? Were they interested in how social media was playing a role? So within their country, they chose kind of a content or subject focus. And so that's kind of how we laid out the project. And um, we page protected. Initially, it isn't anymore, but initially we page protected. So all the Tunisia kids that were working together collaboratively across these schools, um, would their work would be private until it was ready to be made public. So that's kind of how we thought about that. And we started out by having the kids introduce each other. So they're different teams, um, like this, I don't know, four or five students that were working on Tunisia in our classroom here at YHS YHS, introduced themselves via video, um, which was a great skill, to students in other schools, and other schools did the same thing. And I think that... um, I'll just give you just a flavor of this is the Academy of the Pacific Rim it's a school in inner city Boston that participated just to give you a, a flavor of the kids there introducing themselves
1: I'm Alexis um, we're Egypt yay uh, um, I like to perform especially acting and I like sports too so yeah you think? <laughs> you know, what I like to do is I like to listen to music you know, anything really as long as I like it I'll listen to it Yeah, and I like to play soccer. Any sport, really? Oh, I like to play video games.
0: (laughs) Bye. So as the kids knew that they were working with, you know, I don't know. I don't remember any of her names. I don't remember which team you guys were on. But um, you know, if she's working with Susie, and you know, in on the Egypt group. That you could put a name and a face together. So this was interesting, just for them to have that kind of cultural diversity. Yeah. Why
1: did you decide to use um, video rather than Skype, where it was live? You know, it was just hard to organize logistically. Um,
0: Part of it is that some of the schools had very limited time, so some of them were doing things after school, um, and it was hard to be synchronized. Together, but yeah. that would be a it great seems idea. Like a really good share. solution,
1: actually. If you can't find a common time, mm-hmm.
0: but so we could share. Yeah. Um, and I think it was, you know, if you look at the demographic there, it's very different from there So that was interesting. I think for our students to have a chance to interact with. Students that are different um, than many students are here Just, in the room. You, this is totally sure. Do you have any school in it's of the Pacific in Austin? It is. It's a charter school, and the students all there they all learn Mandarin, ah, um, and they're doing right. a lot of work with um, um, East. Sorry. Right. Yeah. 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 So, um, <coughs> so the students had a chance to get to know each other a little bit through um, these online introductions. Um, and then began the research, and they did their research in Google Docs. Um, and basically, again, that was private until we were done and ready to make it public. Um, and so the final product looks sort of like this. Um, each one was pretty similar. It was just, here's a map and a, the flag. And then they all contain information. What was the government like before the protest movement um, started? Uh, Why were people protesting? And students added information here. They did research and added information. So all the students in different schools were adding text here um, from their research. Um, They added information. They included some interesting images sometimes. Um, Some students really were able to express their creativity and, you know, look for street art and things like that. So um, they were adding images here. Um, How did Twitter, Facebook, YouTube play a role in the protests? And so they are adding some text here. Um, How did the government respond? And how did the international community respond? And then they all added some information about key players. Um, They're going to be down here. So here's the current president of Syria, um, his father, who was the president before him. So who were some of the key players that they identified um, in their research? And then at the bottom, um, if you'd like to know more, here's helpful resources. This might include some timelines. It might include video that they saw that was really moving to them. Um, And so this is what each group created. And I think that Laura and Claudia will be talking a little bit more about that in just a second. So as it was finished, um, we published it. I just wanted to point out here for the Tunisia group, um, it gives you kind of a nice little overview. Um, Some of the students here found some really interesting street art that they wanted to include. um, That's very, you know, some really powerful images. Um, Here's the the Tunisian flag. Um, so some really interesting images. And it was really, again, very creative. Um, this is Mohamed Bouazizi, who was the person who started um, the protest movement. Here was a rapper that they found in the lyrics from a rap in Tunisia. So I felt like the kids had a great opportunity to include some of the really important text, but also things that were interesting to them, images and music and... And things that um, were interesting to them. So when that was all finished, we moved it over to a public blog, um, and this is where we encouraged people to comment, um, including their own reflections on democracy based on what they read about in the Arab world and how it, um, how the, what they were thinking about. So here's, if you wanted to learn more about Egypt, you click here, and that would take you to your Google Doc. Okay, so that was kind of the finished product. Uh, product. Um, and I have had some feedback from teachers not involved in this project that this is what they're going to as their text when their students are learning about the Arab Spring. Um, the kid, you know, their work is what is important. You know, I think if people if people have said to me, you know, I know you teach a class in the Middle East. What should I know about Syria to get started? And I say, go here. This mm-hmm. is going to give you kind of in four pages. Here's what you should know about Syria to help you understand what's happening in that movement.
2: Can I ask a quick question? Sure. Question? What was your role in sort of evaluating, confirming validating? Like, were you reading these things and saying, yes, that's right, no, that's not right, this needs to be changed? Like, what kind of sort of supervisory role were you playing in the creation of this to confirm veracity or accuracy or whatever? Do
5: you want to talk about some of that? Sure. Um, we actually, the YJ students were the students that were doing a majority of the work just because we had the class time and stuff. So towards the end, we designated one person as the editor. Mm -hmm. So this person would go through and read everything, make sure spelling was correct. And as we were doing that, we were also assigned a specific topic. Like mine was the media topic, so I would go through all the information there and I would weed out stuff that was irrelevant or stuff that had been repeated or just there were certain sentences that were really opinionated, so we would have to take out that as well. So it was basically student-based. Mm-hmm. And then just at the end, Mrs. Sanderson went through everything. Which was significant.
0: Yeah. Um, in part because I had more background knowledge than mm-hmm. they did.
3: Um,
0: and Laura, do you want to, I just want to say too, that Claudia had a really difficult situation in the fact that someone from another school said something that was factually factually completely inaccurate. And do you want to just talk about kind of what dilemma that posed for you?
5: Yeah, so it was in the media section, and it was someone just said something that was their opinion wasn't true at all. And so I had to figure out a way of saying that I need to take this out because it's incorrect, and how do I do that? respectfully without hurting their feelings or anything and it's hard because I'm not speaking to them so I ended up just doing a comment just saying like this doesn't really fit what we're trying to say so if you want to change it please feel free to change it but if not then in the next few days I'm just going to take it down and
0: I think Mm -hmm. you actually added an article like right she said To help you understand a different perspective, you you might read this article that will give more information. And if I'm correct, were you doing Yemen? Yes. And the the comment that a student made was that no one in Yemen speaks English. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. we know that's not true, but how do you do that in a way that, you know, so I think that they had to wrestle with some issues of how do you respond to somebody something like that, that. That
2: you're collaborating with. Right. Yeah.
0: And, <laughs> and you've met somebody through that's the a good end. Right, okay. right.
1: But, did, you know, they they,
0: had, we kind of, we, right, we talk through it. Like, how could she respond in a respectful way? Like, oh, you know, that's interesting that you said that. Mm-hmm. Here's an article that might give you more information. You found an article about English speakers in Yemen or something, just to not put somebody down, but incorporate their ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you end up
5: putting
1: it down, or did they?
5: Yeah, they're there's never a response to it. So at the end, when we were finishing and crossing everything over, just okay. And I had a chance to
0: see the teachers, some of the teachers that were part of this project a month ago at a workshop, and their reality was they had to move on, you know, mm-hmm. that they were just jammed with time, and that they were their students were glad that, that our students were editing and sort of moving the project forward because they simply ran out of time. Mm -hmm. So it was okay. It wasn't, you know, there weren't hurt feelings. But but it was, a, a, you know, handling that with finesse was important. Um, So that's sort of a bit about um, the Arab Spring Project, and I just wanted to give, you know, Laura, I know that you were wanting to talk a little bit about Citations and it, yeah. it was muddy. It's messy to have all of these kids putting text in, and some of it was duplicates. And so go ahead and um, there was.
6: Bit. I worked on Egypt, and I was <clears throat> actually my group's editor, so I edited like the entire thing, mm-hmm. um, not just my yeah. part. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I um, I was part of media too. I um, was doing like social, how that moved it along, and I found this. I don't even remember if it was in my section or not, but someone had posted like a comment from another school and they didn't like s- cite where they found that information and we had, everyone from Yarmouth had like put in their citations in the right spot and, which is kind of hard to realize at first like where to put our citations because it was in a footnote and you had to know how to do that. But That's impressive. i have never seen that
3: actually
6: Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, that was cool. But um, so they had absolutely no like record of where they found their information, and I think I spent about an hour looking online. Like I even like copied a piece of what they wrote and put it into Google, and I couldn't find anything. I didn't know where they got the information, and so I didn't know. I felt like I had to take it out because. It wasn't that relevant, and it wasn't like that um, needed, I guess, because we had so much other information. So I, I don't even remember what I did. I think, I don't know. I may have found some article that was kind of similar to what they said, and I put that in for its source. But I felt really in like a really tough spot because I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to take their work out completely because it wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't have any, it just seemed like they kind of had assumed what they were writing. So, So Laura said to me, you know, when English teachers tell us, we need to cite our sources. Now I get it. Why do to
0: do that? It's not just an exercise of, you know, kind of finishing. So it was
6: kind of like eye-opening in a different way than the Arab spring, like seeing what other schools are like and how... I guess fortunate we are that we have been drilled so hard to <laughs> do all that, like, can I have a in my <laughs> 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 Yeah, so it, it wasn't, it's not fun, but it's different when you look at how um, inconvenient it can be when you, it's not a habit anymore was a
0: good point about citation, because then, um, you know, let's say you want to follow up on something academically, you have a path to go down, but it's not cited, and you to know, mention all the other problematic things. Yeah. Not cited. Um, so, for me, um, I was really, I was pleased with, and there were definitely some bumps. I felt like we all learned a lot as we were going through this project. My hope was that once we published, then we would start getting feedback from students in the release. Um, that would be able to share with us, with our students, their experiences, much like the YouTube video that I showed you. Um, and the reality is, is that didn't really happen. And um, that was disappointing to me and I think to students. But the other really important piece to keep in mind is that this is um, a really dangerous experience for many of these students. They can't share, it's, it is putting themselves in danger. Um, to blog, to share, and so um, I think that was an important lesson for our students because I think, you know, you don't probably think anything about posting something on Facebook or on a blog, but for many of them, it is, it's serious, it's life and death, and so we didn't get as much participation as I would have liked coming back um, from the region, but I think I never, ever would want to endanger anyone doing that either, so, yeah. Um, so we didn't get quite as much of that give-and-take as we would have liked. So I don't know, Do you, are, there, are there successes, challenges with this project
1: that you'd like to come on?
5: Um, I really enjoyed doing this project. I chose a country that I didn't know anything about. I mean, I knew where it was on a map, but that's about it. So I think being able to work with students in Yarmouth and in other states was really cool because... Like, when do you have the option to do that? And especially about something that's so current. Like, if you do something, maybe it would be through a history class or something, but this was current. So I thought that was really interesting and definitely an experience that I have enjoyed. And I think especially the videos aspect was made it more interesting because, like, oh, these are the people that we're working with. And, I mean... Ethnicity-wise, Yarmouth is predominantly white, so I think to have the difference just, like, a state away was also mm-hmm. very interesting and made it, I think, I don't know, like, just cool.
2: So the opportunity to work with other American students mm-hmm. on this was also this
5: added bonus of this yeah. project, not just to learn about or try to interact with, with mm-hmm. And especially, like, a charter school. Like, it's so mm-hmm. different than... Garment.
2: So can I ask you again how you can you can that was one those were one of the teachers that you were on the trip with right. so you had that connection
0: and then you had that and I'm going to talk more about other collaborative tools where they find partners for you. Mm-hmm. It, I mean this was this was a challenge because it was finding those partners. It was you know okay we're starting this week who is going to be in on this project clearing out the platforms. Um, Kind of working with the technology as we went, and then so much was changing in the region from the time we started this right. project. I mean, it was. But I think that's one of the things that made it really engaging for students is this was all happening at a the time. they were studying mm-hmm. something from 100 years ago. I mean, right. was, they were seeing on the news and there were blogs and tweets and you know, you know some students included you know screenshots of. In their Twitter feeds and on their on their Google Doc, I and mean, was just a lot. And yeah, I activity. noticed it didn't just surface surface because there were those links to the roots of 100 years ago. I noticed mm-hmm. as they went by, like you know, everybody had to write a bit about how the situation would come to be this way. Right. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to share with you um, if you want to take on a big project. This is one example. I would absolutely do it again. I learned a lot from it. Um, I, and I hope that students did as well mm-hmm. um, so I'm gonna transition a little bit into more? sure absolutely uh,
1: is was this the whole was this project the whole class like, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. uh, um, yes and no like um, I would say that when we were doing the research when we did our introductory videos when we were doing the research yes it took up all of our time. and that's why we ended up doing more is you know, other classes, there's an English class, and they could devote some time to this, but you and I teach Middle East Studies, and we were studying the in Spring, so I could give full attention to this. Um, then we paused, and we did some other content work while we were waiting, you know, we put it out there, who can comment, and then students would, you know, after maybe a month, I had them go look for updated articles on what's happened in your country that you've been researching in the last month, and they added another post, they added that as comments. So, you know, yes, it was intense when we were doing this, and we paused and then came back to it. Um, but yes, it was our full attention when we were in that case. That's a great question. Um, this spring, I'm teaching Asian Studies, and someone, um, a former colleague, sent me in a link to this organization um, and this project, Global Connections and Exchange. They're starting a brand-new... Um, collaborative project, and they were looking for teacher participants, and um, I could say do I, the two countries that they're exchanging, with are the Philippines and Vietnam, did I have a preference? I didn't. If either one would have been fine. And then we could think about what kind of project you wanted to do, um, and I chose, I was trying to think of something really pretty simple this time, <laughs> and, for, and I would say, what do we have, 90% of the Middle East class is also in the Asian mm-hmm. Studies class, so it's a lot of carryover um, of students. And this time I wanted to do something simple and I thought really fun for students. And we did a day we chose the project the Day of the Life Photo Journals. Um, And this one is a Ning platform. So I just wanted to show you kind of what we get over here. Um, What that looks like. That's no, too small. Um, so this one is um, we are part partnered with a school in the Philippines. Um, there we go. Um, and each week we've had a different theme. The first one was just introduce yourself. Students uploaded a photo of themselves basically said, you know, I'm 17, I live in Yarmouth, Maine, that kind of thing. Um, Week two was tell us about your um, life in school. What kind of classes do you take? What's a school day look like? Do teachers mostly lecture? Um, And then week three was what's your life like after school? What are some extracurricular things that you like to do? So very simple, straightforward project. Um, This time, again, someone else was facilitating it. Um, I just wanted to show you an example of some of the things that students did. They added some text, but they also were encouraged to add photos. So for a kid in the Philippines, this would look very different from what they do. Um, They talked about Spirit Week. Um, They added pictures about somebody loves hockey. Here's another Spirit Week photo. Taking a walk with your family. Um, I like to work on my car. Um, other pictures. I run indoor track. Um, Laura in green there um, about her dance, some of her dance pictures. Um, and so, Laura, Claudia, kind of tell us about your um, thoughts on this project and kind of what you've learned about students in the Philippines.
6: Um, I really liked this project. It was a lot of fun because um, I didn't really know what to expect when I was going really this when we did the. Um, we did this survey at the beginning, like, what do you know about the Philippines and stuff? sorry. Yeah. Like, what do you know about the Philippines and how, like, how much knowledge you have about the history and stuff? And I knew, like, nothing. We had learned about it in history class and how the Philippines related to, like, the United States. But um, that was it. And I feel like I was surprised a little bit uh, because I didn't know what they were like. So, like, they were a lot like us they, I don't think English is their first language, but they are really good at it. And they, um, they're younger than us, so they act a little bit differently, but they act like kids who are younger than us. Mm -hmm. So that was really cool to see, and I liked their pictures, and it, it was, like, completely different from anything I've ever done before, so I liked it. The second week was kind of awkward for me because... Uh, we went around the school and took pictures during class, and we like put together in a slideshow. But like our pictures didn't make it in because my camera was really like complicated, so it was really hard to put our pictures in the slideshow on one person's computer. So that didn't happen. But um, other than that, it was really smooth and it was, it was a lot of fun.
5: Uh, I think the fact that the students in the Philippines were really eager. To talk to us and ask questions, like at the at, at the end of every one of their posts, they'd have like like how are you, like what did you do this week, and they are just so enthusiastic about it. And I think that made it much easier and more enjoyable to actually have the engagement between them and us. And I and also the pictures I think were really key because we get to see what their life is, and they get to see what our life is and see snow, whereas they have. Warmth and tropics.
0: I <laughs> think girls were very interested in what the prom dresses they put in pictures yes, and dance. Yeah. And what their dresses look like versus our dresses, and oh, fun. so kind of just the everyday life. I mm-hmm. thought it was a great sort of breakdown barrier to learn. Um, one of the things that I wasn't sure that, and I don't know your feedback on this, I would have. I'm not sure if this was a closed name, So when you responded to one person, it, it I almost wanted it to be a blog format because. Mm-hmm you could sort of compile responses. Um, I don't know, in in terms of the tool this time, I felt like there were things that would have been open to a broader discussion. You know, their school day is much longer. They take ten subjects. And to have a forum where everybody could be reading and everybody could be responding, I thought would have been helpful. Um, But that's, you know, again, I wasn't designing this project, and I was very happy to, to participate in it. And this was a lot of these things were done as homework. We didn't, we devoted some time in class, like your introduction, walking around taking photos of the school. But a lot of their posts could be done at home, and they weren't hugely time consuming. You know, to write a paragraph about what you like to do outside of school and to add a couple of pictures.
2: So were they, I'm sorry, connected one on one? Like you had a. Uh,
0: no. So so when you say the, the post was. Was it for everyone to read? Everyone could
5: read it, but it, it, I. Almost would have liked. I'm trying to see if I can. It was hard because it wasn't like a like a constant feed or whatever. Uh-huh. So like if I responded to someone, it would come at the end, and you'd have to flip through all the pages to find oh, your response. Yes. And then if someone responded to mine, oh, I'd have to oh. flip through the pages to be able to find oh, where I they see. responded okay. to us. So when you posted, anybody
0: that replied, it would pop right above that. So you had to kind of scroll through everything to find yours. see if anybody had replied to it. Right. Right. Whereas a blog, you know, if there was a question about what does your school day look like and all these kids have commented, you sort of get it all in one string. Okay. It
6: was sort of awkward because they would have, like, all the posts and then it would be slightly indented when someone had replied to it, but it would, like, yeah, like they said, repost what you wrote, so it was kind of like, oh, didn't I already see this? But it was just what, the person I was replying to, so mm-hmm. that was yeah. what was really confusing for me. So,
0: I, the tool here wasn't... Mm-hmm. Right,
6: right. Maybe,
0: you know, I, I might think about it. Um, so, I just wanted to give you um, maybe a little bit of a chance to think about what are some other ways um, to that others have been thinking about um, collaboration. Um, There's an organization called IEARN that has a number of projects. You can say, yes, I'd like to be part of this one. Um, So I've listed some things here, but I also put um, some links on our session page. If We go here down at the bottom. Um, This is our link to our name with the Filipino school, but it's password protected, so I realized if you click on that, you're going to get a box that asks for username and password. But here's our link to our Air Spring Wiki and our blog. And then these are other um, organizations that do the linking up for you. You can click on them. You can see what kinds of projects they have. You can begin to think about, you know, here's something I do with my students that I'd love to collaborate with a school in the United States or somewhere else in the world. Um, and so these are just some, and Wes, I'm guessing that you know of many more, um, but I thought it might be fun to have a chance to just start to click on some of those and see what's there and give you a chance to play um, today to begin to think about those. Um, so global
5: collaboration,
0: is it worth it?
5: Yes, definitely. <laughs>
0: yeah. Why?
5: Well, I think, especially from being in a part of the country where where there's not a huge ethnic diversity, I think being able to learn about the greater surroundings of our world is really important, and especially in our world today where everything is globally based. you Everyone speaks a different language, and I, I think this helps foster what we're going to need in the future.
6: Um, yeah, adding on to like how it's predominantly white in Yarmouth, all of my friends, even from different schools, like through dance, all of my friends are white, so I feel like I got, oh, like, even just through like this one year, these two projects, I've gotten a lot more, like have been exposed to a lot more than I ever thought that I would during that class. I thought I was just going to learn about, like, Israel, Palestine, and, like, oh, mm-hmm. like, but I learned so much more, and I, it, you have to think about what you've learned, and you, it's, like, a lot, mm-hmm. and sometimes you don't realize, um, like, how fortunate we were to, like, have that opportunity to work with people from different schools, and. It's
0: really Do cool. you think too? There's a lot of power just being peer to peer. I mean, not that teachers aren't critical and crucial, but yeah. to be able to learn with them mm-hmm. from your age cohort. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, And I think all of these projects gave kids a tremendous amount of creative capacity. They could, you know, share what they wanted to about themselves. They could add pictures. They could look for art, I and mean, they could really. I said. You know, you create it, and I didn't have a lot of restrictions on what that was going to look like. I don't think, you know, from <laughs> your perspective here. Um, so, you know, I think I, I want to continue to do these kinds of projects. Um, I'd like to think about, you know, I'd like to explore some of those things too. What might I do next year? What might we still do? You know, if. Maybe we'd like to do another project with Vietnam. There was one about culture and food. What kinds of recipes are you cooking? Um, And what does that say about culture? So maybe we'll do something like that if they'd like us to participate again. Um, These are three-week projects. So very doable in our curriculum. Um, which one round three This the the day, this, the, the day in the life. Good. Like I chose that, but I could have chosen the food and culture one. There were there were a number of different projects that I had to choose. But I just thought this one sounded simple and after the very complicated thing I was sort of an easy um not a lot of barriers to that one. So um Yes. I have two
2: questions, one for you guys and one for you. Um so this is I mean very exciting as a language teacher. This is just you know, just energizing for me to think about doing something like this, but there is the whole language component. Mm-hmm. So, just as sort of a quick service, since you guys are both Spanish students, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. If you did this with another country that spoke Spanish, what do you think would be the most effective way to communicate your, let's say you did this autobiography, autobiographical information because you're trying to practice the language. So so you're, you're trying to get a practicing language with a cultural piece, too. So does it make sense for you guys to communicate in Spanish? To practice your Spanish to them and have them communicate to you in their practicing English?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Or does it make sense for you to communicate to them in English so that they can hear English, native English, mm-hmm. and then to communicate to you in Spanish so that you can hear or maybe I'm answering my own question, it's a combination of both things, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, right? It's yeah. a combination because you're learning different things but important things from each kind of exchange. But that's a decision we have to make. As language teachers, what language are you doing this in? Right? Right. So what do you guys think?
6: I think, personally, that we do a lot of writing in Spanish class already. so. I mean, you could get feedback from native speakers, but if you saw what they were writing, how they were writing, I think I would get more out of that personally. Because mm-hmm. so, I write a lot anyway in Spanish, so right. I've gotten a lot of practice doing that, and I feel like I'm just doing the same.
2: So getting an opportunity mm-hmm. to read and see sort of idiomatic and semantic yes. sort of
0: yep. language. Yeah. Okay. If you All were right. doing a video component, because I know Claudia said... Mm-hmm. That with both of these projects having a visual piece, and that's something we that yeah, last talked enough about enough. this morning, right? Mm-hmm. That visual piece is very important to students, who will tend to be very visual learners. Yeah. So, if you were doing a video and sharing it with another school, would it be most helpful for you? Do you think if you were doing that in English and they were doing it in Spanish back, or trying that in
5: Spanish? I think trying it in Spanish because we don't get enough chances to do speaking in. Yeah place where we speak English so I think speaking in Spanish would be more beneficial for us and having them speak in English but I mean or you could do both again because it would be interesting to hear what they how they speak in Spanish and how we speak in English Right, right,
2: as far as, because I keep talking to about that, yeah. speaking Spanish in your English.
5: Yeah. Speaking, thinking
2: English and yeah, sticking Spanish right. words in it. Yeah. You could actually, if they spoke their English to you, you'd actually have an opportunity to hear yeah, it and go, exactly. oh, that's yeah. what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. So all of that
0: stuff yeah. would be incredibly and, beneficial. I wonder if you could run it like a sort of mini United Nations where you said your piece in Spanish <laughs> yeah. and, then and then you provided this sort of English translation. Afterwards. This is
2: what I meant to say. Yeah. <laughs> i sorry I told
0: your aunt to wear a sock on
3: her. I not saying I play soccer.
2: <laughs> okay, so that's great. That's great feedback. And then the second thing is, you know, as a teacher, what is your assessment tool? Is This an, it must be an assessed project since you spend so much time on it. How, how, how do you do
0: that? What do you use to do that? Um, for this Philippines project, um, basically... It was pretty. It's a small grade, and did you do the homework post? So kids that only added text and no photos, I'd give them a fifty until they added the photos. You know, and right, then, right, okay. So it was just a simple, like a completion, basically completion, completion. kind of, um, The Arab Spring project was unbelievably difficult because students were supposed to add a post and then their name and their school code. We had this whole kind of coding system, but oftentimes that didn't happen. And it really fell apart in terms of I didn't always know who had posted when. Right. Um, it was it was really messy, mm-hmm. and that was one of the challenges of the project. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so now that you've learned, like what,
2: as advice for us who didn't go through the mess, <laughs> and just want to get to the learnings right. that you've
0: done it. What would you? How are you going to? I think do what I would do now in differently is I would have kids email or somehow. I would be able to see what their contribution was, my schools. I can't, and I wasn't worried about assessing oh, no, other schools, not. but I would have had them share, you know, do their write their post in a pages document or some way and somehow get that to me. That could have been maybe through another blog or something so I could see what their individual contribution was. And some of it, I didn't want it to be so neat and confined. You know, if somebody was adding a picture of Omar al-Bashir and they were adding some text... And it could be the two kids were working on that at the same time, and they were kind of right then and there doing it. So I kind of didn't mind. I kind of let go of that piece, to be honest, Mm -hmm. and say, let's see how it goes. Um, And it was messy. But, you know, I think, you know, in terms of their content, you know, Claudia was looking at social media in Yemen she could do a post and send that to me, and then I would be able to evaluate that, you know, did she have her citation, was it well written, right. was it factually correct? You could do those checklists, mm-hmm. but some of it I was okay with having yeah. it. Right, and you could see a lot of what was going on because they were
1: doing it in front of you.
0: Some right? of it, and some of it was outside of class, and um, it's also a big class. I mean, I think there were 24 in the class, so there was yeah, a lot. Or- it's an elective. Yeah. And awesome. um, um, yeah. something I've done with that is, current uh, County's video today, we talked about a Google form and mm-hmm. having kids give yes, yes. a link. Mm-hmm. I've had students write a post, like when they were commenting, they were all over the place, but have them send me the link to their post that highlights their contribution. Mm-hmm. So that way, you know, they could screen capture or copy and paste, you know, what was in a document or somewhere else, and then I would just click the link and be able to see what they've done. So that was especially when they're writing far more than I have time to read. I mean, as it's happening. Right. 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 That's, okay. That's okay. Oh, sorry. Well, I was just thinking why well, I figured this out as the distant learning, learning,
1: distance learning teachers because they have to be able yeah. to evaluate. Mm-hmm. I was just gonna. I was just thinking out loud that it could be part of a reflection piece where, at the, you know, they maybe once a week or at the end they are, they are, tearing through you know like. Um, what's you know what's the page that you wrote this, or you know, a block of text you wrote this week that you think represents your work mm-hmm. so that they're selecting and reflecting on, it and so, so that you don't have to go through everything. Right, that's right, a, right, that's a great idea. Yeah, you choose something that you feel
0: was some of your best work and then mm-hmm. it Otherwise there's mm-hmm. a much use of it with like sink- yeah. sync right. and, and I feel someone to keep And I had right. sex right. of these going on. You know, it wasn't like I just was looking at Egypt. I had yeah. Yeah. you know, so right. um, yeah, so
2: there'd have to be a sort of an accessory way to assess rather than necessarily literally assessing every thing mm. that they're producing. you'd almost have to come up with some other way. I have a project Sort of like the new Pais project, where you're doing all this stuff with it, but the evaluation of it is this separate other thing. Um, And that way it doesn't get, they're not thinking about that, oh, my grade on this, Uh, so much. It's more of what they're doing and what they're thinking about, what they're learning.
0: And I think for me, this was also, um, you know, I had other teachers and my collaborative partners that were having technology issues that I was trying to help solve. Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, for the head of one school that's a middle school, but their middle school emails are blocked in school. And the kids couldn't get on the wiki. You know, just things that you just don't know until you're until We right have a lot center. of freedom, you're really thankful for. Right. But a time. lot of but schools that had their emails blocked, and then, you know, they had to accept the invitation so they could get home, and kids were having trouble with that. And so, you know, there was just a lot <laughs> sort of
1: going on all at the same time. But, you work with middle schools? Yeah, what was that? Because I, I, I mean, as a middle school teacher, I'd love to do more collaboration. I just wonder, do you guys have so much background knowledge and, and writing skills and stuff that yeah. the
6: middle school? The thing not. that was hard was the writing style for me because it was drastically different. So when we got together, it was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Like, my writing versus like someone who was in, like, 7th grade or something. It was mm-hmm. kind of hard. I think I... When I was editing I was like added in words from mm. <laughs> the, the horn or something mm. to make it flow better. But it was it was weird. Yeah. Because I think people from Yarmouth are already really good writers, so you you I have middle, a lot, which middle schools mm-hmm. who aren't in Yarmouth it's like even more different. Mm-hmm.
0: But I mean I'd love to put you in touch with my colleague. That's at in Connecticut with her middle school. Because yeah. um, she's really open to collabor- collaboration. She was also on the trip with me. Right. Um, and, you know, I think the more that teachers get out and travel, see the world, you know, think about how to collaborate, you know, it's just going to get easier and easier. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so I wanted to share, kind of, these are a couple of things that we've done. I really do want to give you a couple minutes to sort of mm-hmm. click on some of those links and see if there is a project there that jumps to mind, um, and I'm certainly happy to continue to talk in this very informal way, as, as we continue. What do you wish you knew at the beginning of your spring that you know now, as far as the project facilitation? Um, I wish that... Um, When I I was at a conference in D.C. in December, and I talked with the folks at iEARN, and they have like a country coordinator in many of these countries, and I wish that I'd gotten hooked up with somebody like that. I wish, you know, I'd been part of iEARN and had, you know, somebody that is coordinating with a bunch of Egyptian schools. Um, They would have been better able to assess. Is this safe for kids to participate? I mean, I'm just too far away from it. I know the school that we visited was shut down. We were there kind of in this little sweet spot in April where things were good, and things have gotten really bad again this fall. Um, So it's hard for me to assess what the situation is on the ground. Um, So I wish I'd had kind of a project partner in another country, and again, I feel like that's going to only continue to improve as more collaboration happens. Um, So I think that's the biggest piece. I would have loved to have had more feedback if it was safe.
3: Mm -hmm. Did you get any mainstream
0: media coverage of your project? Actually, we had um, a lot of media interest from persistent media interest from Doha from Qatar. Really? Mm -hmm. Was that right? It was right before you left, I think, almost immediately. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay, and they cool. kept saying, we want to send a film crew what? to you. And we have a film crew based. And they, well, first of all, they said, when are you coming? And we want to film your students when they come to the Arab world. And I was like, I don't think I'm going uh, to permission slip to say we're going to Syria. No? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but they... It was very interesting. They said, "When are you coming?" We'll send a film crew out. And I said, "Well, we're not coming. This is sort of an internet-based project. So we'll come to you, and you know." And, and I said, "Well, you're going to sort of cease looking over someone's shoulder. It's not like you know." My students are like, "We'll go out and protest. We'll go out and march if they want to cover something." <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, we didn't get a lot of mainstream media interest. Um, oh, interesting. I love that what branched out to include was a very um, time-honored, ancient media of graffiti, basically, in
5: street art. We we of, that, of, how did that come about? Well, Mrs. Sanders showed us some pictures that she had so when rotten. she went, and they are really cool, so when we went to look for... Street art from our countries, like yeah. kind of off of what we're And, how
0: did you accomplish that search? Was it a Google image, uh, street art, animary,
5: yeah. like situation? Yeah, parts I so. of it. Yeah. yeah, And just like some articles, too. Some articles had lots yeah. of good images.
0: Let's see if I can pull it up here. And they had a musician because all that kept running through my mind was, uh, you know, firing on the demonstrators can't state Neil Young. It <laughs> just moves back over. right. Again. right, um, I'll just show you a couple of. This is paint. These were um, right outside of our hotel. And Harvard, the group that I went with, has done a lot on comic life and um, graphic novels mm-hmm. and street art and hip hop music through the Arab Spring. It's um, a Yep, I can, I can get you right there. Um, I also created a two-player game. There's an ancient Egyptian game called Senet, S-E-N-E-T. It's the kind of the precursor of backgammon, um, and I adapted that. and I did. Um, it's a two-person game where kids play. It's the same game board, but I did a Libya, Bahrain, um,
5: Egypt, Syria, Egypt. and
0: Egypt version, and that's what these folks play first to just have some introduction. Um, this is a lesson plan. that's on Harvard's website, but it's free to all teachers. So these are just some images. Um, you see a lot, lot of red, white, and black. That's the colors of the Egyptian flag. This is a billboard on the, on the street. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, so we just... And when I came back last spring, this is what students really wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, we, and we analyze these much as we do political cartoons, like looking at symbolism, irony... Um, humor um, things like that so these are outside our hotel um, just along the street they're huge I mean if I, I would be the size of the L in life were there I mean they were big um, and we had no idea why they were there and it, we knew there was an art school near us and when I came home and I was writing this lesson plan I found a link on Atlantic Monthly um, where they profiled these students and they have a picture and they made little small paintings. Mm-hmm. Um and they were honoring their friends that had died in the revolution. And so they had a contest of whose art did they want to put in the big billboard form and then they painted these. So this year's Egypt Forum Group that's going is gonna are gonna meet with the students that did these but we had no idea kind of what we were looking at. So I translated this is better in the final version, but um, sort of I had someone translate the Arabic when I came home. We talked a lot about Christian-Muslim unity when we were there. Um, we see a lot of those, a lot of that symbolism. This is an Egyptian license plate on the left. Um, so, the twenty-fifth of January was when the protest movement really began. So, really profound, interesting images for students to kind of dig in and look at.
1: Do you have any connection with Seeds of Peace? Because there's always Egyptian kids who come here and come to Maine in the summer.
0: Yeah, I've been, um, I interviewed students, before I came to Yarmouth, I wrote a K-12 curriculum on the Middle East, and I went to C-2 Peace and interviewed Israeli and Palestinian mm-hmm. teenagers then, um, for best part of my curriculum, so I spent quite a bit of time then, mm-hmm. um, and then I went back a couple of years ago, I was um, asked to be part of a teacher team that was talking about how to foster more collaboration, mm-hmm. um, and I I honestly found that they kind of weren't there yet in terms of. I tried to get Alice to come with me to talk about technology, mm-hmm. and I, I'd really like to see if they're at a place they are. Yeah, we I went there. Sorry, to
1: interrupt. Oh, okay. I was, I, I was a part of an educator pilot course there last year, oh. and so I have this network of 40 educators from around the world who want mm-hmm. to be. We like a Facebook page, and oh, who cool. want to collaborate. Wow. Right. So I'm just in case. What's <laughs> uh, yes, that? Yeah, it's Facebook. So <laughs> I mean, I seems like a neat thing for if students in your class are interested in more you know, face-to-face and like being able to attend. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. So,
2: kids in the past have done that, Vicki uh, Fishman was very involved in that,
0: yeah.
3: Yeah, for a number of years. You know.
0: Yeah, yeah there's 11th in, there. in there, Yes, And it's Hannah. Sarah Irwin, yeah. Sarah.
2: That's right, because she got this yes. teacher for her graduation.
0: And I actually was there one night when Sarah, when she was at camp, I was there, and she didn't know I was going to come, so she came like down this path and turned, and I was right there, and it was just, uh-huh. her face was priceless. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when little kids see their teacher, say, "The royal beast. Well, <laughs> <laughs> he doing here? Uh-huh. Well, that was really yeah, really out of context. These are different places just along the street. I just tried to take as many pictures. This is really interesting. Um, the person, Paul Barron, is the director of Harvard's Outreach Center for Middle East Studies. And he's like a walking encyclopedia. It's so amazing. <laughs> him. But he, I never would have, I, I might have noticed this, but I hadn't. wouldn't have probably paid much attention. This was sort of graffiti on graffiti. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is um, a Palestinian artist, cartoonist, Was assassinated in London in the late 1980s, Um, but he all of his cartoon characters. This is a Palestinian child, and he said, "When the Intifada ends, when Palestinians are you know full citizens, then he'll turn around." Mm -hmm. So even though he's been he's assassinated, his art lives on. So it's interesting to have this Palestinian symbol as part of kind of this artwork about Mm -hmm. the Arab Spring. But I wouldn't have even noticed or known what that was, but. Um, we've kind of written that into the lesson in in terms of thinking about how this connects to other international issues. Will Egypt, who's traditionally been a peace partner with Israel, will that change um, with this? So it gets more complicated, deeper. And I thought that was kind of cool, too. Hmm. Wow. Because some of the Muralists have painted over other people's, and so the symbol is in a lot of places. Don't paint over mine. Um, so this is. Is there a link? I forget you said to this site on yeah. here. Yeah, I, um, I will or? be happy to put it on um, mm-hmm. if I just. Thank you. This is um, the Outreach Center at Harvard, the Center for Middle Eastern Studies. And if you look over here, um, there's a blog. This is just this is just published um, an interview with me last week um, is up, kind of mm-hmm. of how I use thinking about the Arab Spring in my classroom. Um, but um, here's a great teaching resources just in general about the Middle East, and then specifically about the Arab transformation. Um so you can see there's a lot of visual art, art and political protests, a lot of things that were here, video that they recommend. Um this is lesson plan, this is my Arab Spring lesson plan is here. And again, all the PDFs are free. Anybody teachers can download this. And I was saying to Wes and um I'm hearing from teachers all over the country that are using this and kind of telling me, giving me feedback about how it went in their classroom. So so here's the um Arab Spring, the two-person game, and then here's the street art. Um, But if you're interested, they have Saturday workshops, you know, like on hip-hop artists. They have cartoonists coming from the release. It's just an amazing wealth of resources here um, if you're interested in that. So I think we're done. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Thank you to my lovely students
3: (laughs) for coming in.